0: The Protectors of the Wood podcast. Everything is at stake. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis. Episode number 50. A heat wave. The temperature continued to rise overnight. Phoebe lay awake, hot and sticky. Stage two of her plan loomed ahead. He had to find the right way to have a talk with Jeremy. She needed to see him alone, without distractions, and she knew that waiting for the opportunity to come her way wouldn't work. That was the strategy that got her into this fix. Stephanie's blunt statement of the case still rang in her ears. She considered calling Jeremy to make a date, but every instinct in her revolted against that idea. Before going to sleep, she decided to walk to the gas station before work and try to make a date in person.
1: I don't want to show up too early. It's got to be more casual. Just letting Jeremy know. I do want to talk sometime soon. Besides, Jim will be there and Jeremy will be working.
0: In the morning, Phoebe sat on the front steps drinking her coffee and letting the time go by. After nine o'clock, she began walking west on Main Street with the sun at her back. Out on the street, the heat was already oppressive. The light breeze in her face seemed to bring the heat on in waves rolling into Middletown like a rising tide that would soon be a flood. She walked up toward the gas station and saw Jeremy pumping gas. He wore his typical T-shirt, jeans, and the olive green hiking hat. He stared at her as she approached and finally took a few steps forward.
2: Is everything okay?
0: Of course. Phoebe acted as if she strolled up to meet him every morning.
1: Everything's fine.
0: They stood in the hot sun looking at each other. Jeremy took a deep breath. He seemed to have been very worried. I missed you. I missed you too. They walked back to the office.
2: He's in the forest. There's big doings.
0: Maybe a crisis.
1: What? Tell me.
0: Phoebe sat on the absurd old couch that had been ready for the garbage bin for years. The air conditioner made a loud, annoying hum, but the air was not cool. Jeremy poured a cup of coffee for Phoebe and sat next to her. Come on. What is it? Uh,
2: I'm not sure. Part of it has to do with these observation posts the Morphe bodyguards have set up. That's what Jim calls them. And I guess... That's what they are, the people around Morphy, his staff. Apparently, they're mostly his friends from high school, years ago. They live with him and act like bodyguards. Now they're taking shifts at these observation posts. You know the one on top of the Owens mansion? There's always someone there, even at night. I can see him with my binoculars. And now, they've got at least two others, one on Middletown Hospital and the other on a house on Bridge Avenue down
3: past the river. Phoebe stared in disbelief.
1: Middletown Hospital? How could that be? He doesn't own the place.
2: I only know what Jim told me yesterday morning, before he left. A couple of Morphe's staff have been hired as security by the hospital and do their shifts on an observation post on the roof. I tried to check it out from here with my binoculars, but I can't get a good view.
1: Oh my, sheesh, I feel like we're fish in a bowl.
2: That's about right. They can look right down on the garden center. I don't know what they can see from the place on Bridge Avenue near the forest. Nothing around there is very high up except the trees. They're deciding on a response. If you think about it, these observation posts are A pretty aggressive move it caught us off guard especially the post on the hospital no one thought he had the pull to get his people up there who would even think of such a thing
1: it's scary I've got a thousand thoughts buzzing like bees how will Alison And Chi-Chi and my parents cope. How will they even move the vegetables? Or go to the forest and back? And will Abby get around without being caught? I'm sure she'll try to come to the concert.
2: I feel bad. After a day here alone, obsessing about it, I know it's partly my fault. We should've been getting organized. But this music project and uh, some other things got in the way. Meanwhile, we've been outflanked in this battlefield. And we need a new strategy. I'm wondering what the protectors will come up with.
1: You're a protector too. At least you're involved. I'm not doing anything.
2: You think so? I wouldn't put it in that way. You'd better be ready for some fireworks. Why me? You're the one who told me they made offers for the coffee shop and the toy store. And those locations were dead before you arrived. Dead? You know, not making money. On the way out. Dinosaurs. And now, look at them.
1: I see what you mean. They're crowded and making money.
2: I'll say. And who's responsible for that?
1: Well, now that you mention it, I guess there's Sammy and me. And you wrong way guys are helping.
2: You helping us. You helped Gilligan. You helped Sammy. And a whole team is helping Sammy with his vegetable market. Your sister, Chi-Chi, Chester, your parents, all sorts of people that Morphe must consider his enemies. The protectors of the wood frustrates him at every turn. These little penniless people like yourself win every throw of the dice and now it's happening again. And that bodyguard on the Owens mansion up above the town, what does he see? Crowds swarming around the coffee shop and the toy store. I would imagine that's making them pretty angry. So, they're stepping up
0: their game. Phoebe nodded, looking off at nothing in particular, deep in thought.
1: It makes sense now that you say it, but I don't think of these things on my own.
2: None of us did, but now that I've had a chance, I'm predicting they're going to step it up even more. Everyone says that Morphe hates to lose. Look at his wealth. He's used to winning. And you little folks in his hometown keep beating him. He's sure
0: to take it personally. Phoebe sat thinking.
1: Well, at least we're distracting him from searching the forest. You're a protector. Out in the forest every week. How's that going?
0: Jeremy smiled.
2: Yes. Very good point. All is calm on that front. We warders have nothing to do.
1: Warders?
2: That's what Chi-Chi calls us. The team that shields the secrets from the forest.
1: And Jeremy? Jeremy? You are part of our team of detectives here in Middletown as well. Unless you've decided to pull out of it. I certainly haven't.
2: Pulled out of it? No. Of course not. You've just been busy. Both of us. I told you. I feel bad about it.
1: I do too. I'm happy to share the blame. But now, we've got to make time. How about tonight?
2: I already planned to visit you when the toy store closes. We practice tomorrow and Thursday, but tonight's free. It's my one chance to get into town and get the
0: feel of things. I know I'm missing something. Phoebe looked at him for an expression of feeling, but couldn't find it. Finally, she took the plunge
1: Well, you sure are missing out on me. And now, I've got to get to work. I'll see you tonight.
0: She rose and took a step. Jeremy followed and touched her on the shoulder. Hey, wait. She turned around. Do you
2: like me?
1: Of course I like you.
2: But it never seems like you do.
1: Maybe you can't see it, but I've always liked you. From the moment I saw you in the garage and I was in Glenda's car seeing you from a distance, I've always liked you. I'm just confused about relationships. That's different.
3: Jeremy stared at her and took this in. His hand was still resting on her arm. He wasn't sure what to do with it. She stepped into him and they embraced. He kissed her on the cheek and then on the lips. It went on for a long time. And then a car honked out by the gas pumps. And then a car door slammed. They broke off the kiss. Jeremy pulled his hat down low over his eyes and headed out the door. Phoebe sat on the couch and stared blankly at the wall. The unbelievable had happened. In what seemed like no time at all, Jeremy came back through the door. Phoebe drank a few swallows of coffee, and Jeremy just stood there and smiled.
4: You've got the mountains, And hills for company You've got the clouds and storms And a billion stars to see You've got the rain and the streams Rivers and the seas And with children running round us It's heaven all for free Are numbered and flowers will all fade, but they're reborn again on another day. We come, we go, we rise, we fall, yes, we fall, and then we rise again, making miracles of us all. And in pain we live and we die and then life begins again for another try it may take a million years to be angels here on earth but it's a great adventure hoping every bird Around us our a long journey home The road goes unwinding Together or alone We're training to be angels Somewhere down the way We somehow see the path ahead We all begin today. for free right here and right now happens all around us and no one knows how it may take a million years to build a house of God start right here we can start right now
1: thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast find all our podcasts songs and projects on our website protectorsofthewood.com and to all the eco-warriors out there remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts